Good day, folks. My name is John, and I want to take the time to say thank you for downloading, listening to this podcast of mine hovering over the deep. I want to say thank you for taking the time to sacrifice a little bit of your day to listen to the thoughts and considerations that I have. This is technically the second episode, but as I like to start everything with zero, this is episode one. After having a little bit of criticism and feedback from my first episode, it seems to me that the consensus is generally good, although I will admit there have been some criticisms that have been across the board. My wife, whose opinion on things I, uh, I listen to and, and take to great heart, made a very interesting comment to me, and that will actually be the crux of today's conversation. The point of context of, of what I talk about. You see, oftentimes, I know exactly what I want to say. In fact, oftentimes when I speak, I speak with a lot of weight and background to my conversations. I have a lifetime of experiences, as do all people. And when I am speaking to a person, there is an assumption that we are generally on the same page. However, when I am speaking to you, which you, I don't know you, and I don't know who you are, I don't see you, there is, there is a lack of connotation and understanding. So, for example, right now, I am standing in my room, walking back and forth, speaking into a microphone. I'm not actually talking to anybody. And with that, there is a sense that I am actually talking to myself. I know what I'm talking about. I know where I'm going. In fact, I have in my mind the points of reference that is causing me to say what I want to say. You, however, you, however, do not have those points of reference. In fact, you are stepping into a conversation. You are stepping into a thought and a consideration without any reference. And there is an interesting difficulty that lies ahead. For you see, every single person, every one of us is born into a conversation. You probably never thought about it that way, or maybe you did. I don't know what you think. But every single one of us is born into an ongoing conversation of life. For example, if you were born on September 11th, 2001, I can assure you one thing means approximately nothing to you, and that is the events of the day. You had no idea about those events. You were not even aware of those events. In fact, those events might as well not have happened. Yet you grew up into a world of people saying, never forget. And almost 20 years later or so, give or take, a little bit under 20 years, I suppose, because we're not quite to 2021 yet. Nobody says never forget. However, I still very much remember the events of September 11th, 2001. I remember it very well. However, I too grew up and was raised in a conversation 
for I was born in 1980. And in the year of 1980, there was a gentleman by the name of John Lennon. And he was shot in 1980. Now, to me, the Beatles are not nearly as culturally relevant to some people as they might be to others. To me, the Beatles were a band that I had heard about. I saw this older fellow performing uh, concerts from time to time. I knew there was this British fellow on a television show about trains. But to me, that's all I ever knew about John, Paul, Ringo, and George. It took me a while to surround myself with the information and the knowledge to be able to understand the conversation and the significance of John Lennon. However, it wasn't until I was made aware of the context that I there, then understood the significance of this man being murdered on the streets of New York. Without a point of context, without a point of reference, how then can we understand where it is we are going because we don't even know where we are starting? And that is very, very important because you see what affects me where I live does not necessarily affect you and vice versa. So, for example, you can tell me how terrible it is that such and such people are treated horribly and that there is a problem, a worldwide problem that we need to fix. And I would look at you and say, I'm not sure I understand what you're referring to. We don't seem to have this problem. And then you might get mad at me. You might look at me and you might question, how can I possibly be blind to the situation? And my answer to you is simply, it does not affect me the way it affects you. And this causes some contention amongst people because a lot of people would suppose that the world that they live in, the world that they exist in, affects everybody but the reality is you could live in a city on a four block radius never leave that city never leave those four blocks of shops bars churches restaurants work and that is your entire world. And the events that happen on those four blocks do not affect me, who has never set foot in that city in the first place. But that is the world in which you know, or someone might know. Likewise, where I live, the events that happen here are not entirely reflective of the events that happen elsewhere. And we oftentimes think that everybody should know exactly what we're talking about. Don't you see? Don't you understand? And the answer to that is no. No, I don't. 
I don't have a point of reference. I don't have a point of context. I don't know what you're talking about. The things that you're talking about seem very important to you, yet I have no point of reference to understand what you're referring to. And yet, in our global world, everybody seems to think that the events that happen in one state automatically ought affect the events that happen to in another state. You could say the same thing about the Bible. Some have argued, well, there's no reference to early Christians in certain historical documents. Well, of course not. When Christianity started, it was very little more than a backwaters religion in some random town in Israel, and it was quite irrelevant for the most part. It took years for it to pick up. It took years. Nobody cared. It wasn't important yet. It was important, but people didn't understand its importance. However, it took time. It took time. When we see a wall, a lot of people would say, we need to tear down that wall. In fact, there was a very famous man who said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And when that man said that, when that president, Ronald Reagan, said that, he carried with him the knowledge, the context, the history as to why that wall was built in the first place. He lived through that history to understand the context of that wall. And when he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall, he understood why it was necessary. Today, however, we seem to have an idea that walls are bad. All walls must be torn down. All borders must be erased and eradicated. But no one ever stops to ask, why is there a wall there in the first place? Why are there borders in the first place? These are things that must be thought about, considered, investigated, and understood. You need to understand the point of reference. You need to understand the point of contention. You need to understand the why. You have to understand the history that was behind that wall being built. Because you could possibly tear down a wall that on the other side are hordes of villainy that are waiting to kill you and end you. But you don't know because you never thought to look onto the other side, to stand on your toes, to lift yourself up and just see what is on the other side of that wall. When I speak... I speak with many years of observation and frustration, mostly towards the church. I view Western Christianity, and when I say Western Christianity, I generally mean everything starting at Rome 
on throughout the ages. And when I say modern Western Christianity, I am generally meaning times of modernity. Very simple as that. It's within the statement. However, when I get on a roll and I start talking, and I'm not thinking about it, more often than not, I am being highly critical, very specifically, of the American church and what it has become. And that is the point of reference that I am generally referring to. Generally referring to. For you see, I have spent time studying the church in America. It is my home. It is where I live. It is the only place that really matters to me because this is the place that I have to exist in. Now, I could say that, generally speaking, the church is supposed to stand for a singular identity. The Christian church, that is. I should differentiate and qualify because there are many churches that subscribe to many different things. But it is the Christian church that I am concerned with. And my contentions... are in regards to what it has become. When I go to church, I do not see intelligent people speaking scholarly or with wisdom. I see people trying to be your buddy and your friend. I see people who have sacrificed conviction for people in the pews. I have seen people that have bowed down to bureaucracies rather than what is right. I see people that preach from the pulpit political ideologies. I see people who have abused the privilege of standing before a congregation preaching the word of God. I see a church that has succumbed to lollipop theology Now, I made some contentions previously along the lines that we have lost our philosophy or we have not been philosophical. To be sure, and my wife pointed this out, many scholars would look at me and say, wait a minute, what are you saying? How can you say this? And she would be right because I did not qualify my sentiments. I was not specific enough. So allow me to specify what and to whom I am speaking of. I am speaking of the church in the 1970s on Haight-Ashbury Street where the youth groups started to proliferate and form out of the vacuum that was the summer of love. I am referring to the 1970 Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy. I am referring to fundamentalist Christianity that is very little more than simpleton ideologies. I am referring to the hipster theologies 
this, yo, bro, God loves, man, you gotta just hang out and chill theologies. I am referring to these television hucksters who are just trying to sell you a product, who are trying to sell you the truth, as opposed to proclaiming the truth. I am referring to the endless pages of fluff theology. I am referring to all of the feel-good Christian rock music. That's very little more than pop music. Where I believe an episode of South Park said it best. All they're doing is changing the names from my girl... My woman, my boy, my man, my lover, to Jesus. Jesus, like Cartman would say. I am looking at the criticisms and hearing people say, my, where do we go? The church stands for nothing. And I would say that they are oftentimes right. Now, that does not mean that every single church, every single Christian subscribes to this fluff theology. There are some out there that subscribe to a theology that is philosophical, that is metaphorical. There are some that do not subscribe to this silly fundamentalist chem ham nonsense. And he's another one. God bless him. Nevertheless, I believe that in his fervor to hold on to the truth, he has lost sight of reality. I think there are a number of preachers out there that have lost sight of the purpose in which they are supposed to be doing. The Christian church is not about standing up for social justice rights. That's not what we are about. The Christian church is not about the liberation of so-and-so and such-and-such. The Christian church is not about electing people to office. The Christian church is about serving whomever is in office. The Christian church is most importantly about one thing. Heaven. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all things shall be given unto you. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Allow him to have it. Give to God what is God's. And what is God? Show me what is on this coin. Whose image does this coin bear? Now show me the image that is before you in the mirror and tell me whose image does that bear. That's what Christianity is about. And my criticisms, my contentions, my frustrations are mostly directed towards that I see a world of people running around like chickens with their heads cut off all about me 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 it's all about me let me tell you about me and my thoughts 
Well, I'm going to tell you my thoughts. I will say what my thoughts are. I will put myself out there. I will not be hide behind a blanket of anonymity. I will not be hide behind a screen. I have these conversations on a day-to-day -day basis. There is no separation between my faith and what I do. And that also, too, is a criticism. The Sunday Christian who wakes up early in the morning to get to church by 10 a.m. So that way they can hurry up and sit through service to 11. But don't you hold them back any, pa any more past 11.10 because they need to get going to prepare for the big game, which is far more important to most people, it seems. This is not what the church is about. And in the West, in modern America, in modern American Christianity, we have grown so comfortable and complacent in our lofty Elysium Tower that we have stopped thinking. We have forgotten what church is all about. We have forgotten what Christianity is all about. We have forgotten what sacrifice and humility and repentance of sin is all about. But instead, we are now represented by jokers like the Westboro Baptists. These are the ones who represent us. And quite frankly, I do not want to be represented by such stupidity and foolishness. I do not want to be represented by the Rob Tinkerbells of pop culture. I want to be represented by a king, a king of kings and a lord of lords, who suffered and died for my pitiful self and rose again. I want to be represented by someone who would say to me, go out and sin no more. Not, we will change the nature of sin. Because I want you to sit next to me in church and that's going to make you feel great. Well, if I wanted to feel great, there are other places for me to go. This is what I am talking about. This is what I'm referring to. I am tired of the foolishness, the fakeries, the fictitious fabrications. I want something real. I want something true. I am tired of the men who stand at the pulpit who don't look like men standing at the pulpit. You get more of an official dress going into a car dealership than you do in a church anymore. I want to walk into those doors and I want to see the holiness. I want to see... The belief and the fervor and the respect and adoration 
And we have lost that. We have lost that. Now, maybe these are the observations in my area of the world. And maybe this is all that I'm speaking of. And that's entirely fine. Maybe in Nowheresville, in whatever state, there's 50 of them in the union. Maybe in Nowheresville, people will hear me and say, what is he talking about? Maybe in such big city, they'll be like, what is he? What? I don't know what this guy's all about. And that's okay. Maybe I'm not talking to you. Maybe I'm speaking only to the people who are affected by this blight, by this happenstance, by this culture. It is out of love. It is out of humility. It is out of a deep desire for the truth. It is a passion within me that drives me to say these things to you. Who am I? Oh, that's an interesting question. I am just a man, but I am a man who has taken the responsibility and the mantle onto myself. I am the one who will say, I have something to say. And I believe I have a message for you. But either way, if I am right, I will take responsibility for what is necessary to happen for things to f be fixed. Or if I am wrong, I will take responsibility. I will take responsibility and say, forgive me and ask for forgiveness if I am wrong. To be sure, only God can ultimately judge me. This is true. God can only ultimately judge you as well. However, we have brothers and sisters who hold us accountable to a standard of excellence. And those are the ones that I'm worried about. And I hope those ones are worried about me as well. Because I don't want to live in this life to just close my eyes say whatever I want, do whatever I want, be whomever I want, and not be responsible, not be responsible for the words that are coming out of my mouth, but to be aware. And I have been irresponsible before. I have been. These broadcasts are very interesting to me. For 30 minutes, I get to speak into a microphone and record myself. There is no feedback. I don't get to see your faces. I don't get to hear the whispers. I don't get to judge, engage your reactions. It is just me in a room telling you what I think. And I think there is hope, and I think there is mercy. 
And I think love did win 2,000 plus years ago in a little backwaters town in Jerusalem. I do think that. And I think it is wrong for me to tell other people what to do. But I think it is right to hold those who profess faith, who would call themselves my brothers and sisters in Christ, to a standard that they profess, that I profess, to hold to. And I think Western Christianity, American Western Christianity, modern American Western Christianity has lost sight of that. Now, after hearing this, maybe you will understand and maybe you can understand a little bit better where I am coming from and what I'm about. But as my time is running near, I hope that you will listen next week for whatever message I happen to come up with, with whatever words I have to say. Until then, I look forward to whatever criticisms I receive. I look forward to iron sharpening iron. But until then, I bid you good day and God bless.